Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. I broke all of your necks almost as hard as the one time that I stood up on stage and I did this to everybody. Remember that? But then you're like, it doesn't count because we're sitting down and you're above my head. And I'm like, whatever. So, hey, apparently I learned something new. Maybe I shouldn't say this when the camera's rolling. But I learned that there was a guy, Max just told me this story, that there was a guy who was at a baseball game and he knew that his seat was about to be on television. And so he did this. So that way he can like get the entire world, and they kicked him out of the stadium for life. Because they thought this was like a white supremacist sign. So, awkward. Anyway, um, good evening students. Good evening. <laughs> Sammy was taking notes on that one. She's so confused. Uh, hey, we are continuing. We're continuing our series uh, through the Sermon on the Mount called The Tale of Two Kingdoms, all right? And so we've taken this in three parts. We are in our final series. Here's my question for you tonight. How many of you, at some point in your life, have been made fun of? Okay. Dude, it's like, even if you are like the coolest kid in school, right? Like, even if you are like at the top of the social food chain, like, even when you were little, like, there had to be at least one time. You know what I mean? Anybody, like, you made fun of at least once. Maybe you've even been full-blown bullied. Here's the crazy thing about bullying and making fun of people. The game has changed. <laughs> you know, social media aside, the game has changed. See, when I was a youngin', the, the disses, you guys still use that word, diss? The stingers, ooh, sting. Right, what do you say when somebody disses you? Roasted, boom, roasted. The roasts were usually revolving around someone's intelligence. So if you were, like, feeling really honored one day, but you're, you're just, you're so dumb. And everybody go, oh, Let's try that. Let's practice together. Ready? You're just, you're so dumb. Everybody goes, That's good. Jacob, surprise. Love the face. Right? Let's say you were, like, really trying to hurt somebody. You go, you know what? I'm not going to attack their intellectual capacity. I'm going to attack the weight. Right? And so that's when you bust up. Yeah, even today, right? So you're, you're just so abnormally weighted for your weight class. And everybody goes, oh. That's how it was when I was a kid, right? If you really wanted to show somebody that you guys were hostile people, you brought up the ultimate diss, right? And you, you talked about mamas, right? I saw a meme so recently. I saw a meme and it said, your mama's so fat, Thanos had to snap twice. And everybody said, And so I've been out of middle school for some time. I've been out of high school for a little bit less time. But uh, this has nothing to do with the sermon. Um, but, but here's the crazy thing, right? I have discovered the ultimate roast. I have gone to Union High School. I have researched in the hallways. I have investigated in the classroom. And I have discovered the ultimate diss. And it starts with the letter F. What I have learned is that if you really, really want to get someone and let them know that they are just not cool with you. If you wanted to diss them, if you wanted to stick it to them, you say to them the F word. And the F word is this. You are fake. 
And everybody said, oh no, he didn't, right? And so, see, growing up, that was, for me, growing up, that was not a huge disc. But, like, in your generation, there are a few things worse than being called a faker. How many of you have ever met a faker? How many of you have ever seen something fake? Show of hands right now. All right, everyone. You see, our world, did you just kick the youth pastor? Oh, my gosh. Dude, I, I shit hit your foot now? Okay. You're such a faker, right? So check it out, check it out. Our world, our world is full of fake things. I grew up in New York City. I lived there until about 12 years old. And New York City is the capital of fakery. Let me show you some examples. If you were to go out to your local barber shop, you can get a fresh fade for about 12 bucks, step out of the shop, and on the corner, you have a dude with a trench coat. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about because you're from East Vancouver. You have a shady dude who is selling illegal fake things. Oh, all right? And so here's some things you might find in this dude's bag, right? He wants to sell you some fresh dripping swag, right? It's like, yo, bro, trench coat dude, your swag is dripping. I'll take some of those hikey slides, right? Nike, hikey, Nike, Nike. You see, what happens is you would buy these things and you would wear them because people who aren't looking super close, they would just, their brain fills it in, right? If you guys just all glanced at it, what, would it, what, what brand would you think this was? Right, but it's Heike. There's some other fake brands out there. <laughs> trench coat man, trench coat man's like, yo, I got some DVDs, I got some Blu-rays right here, yo, I got some Rolexes. He's like, no, 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 I see what you want. And he like trips, he reaches inside of his bag and he goes, you want that PlayStation? With that PlayStation, and you're like, sure. He's like, twenty-five dollars. Like, twenty-five bucks. That is a steal. So you start to like count your your Andrew Jacksons and your Abraham Lincoln, singular, and and you go to give it to me. You go, wait a minute, that's not PlayStation, that's PlayStation. Nintendo, <laughs> PlayStation, right? Everybody say fake. All right, here's the craziest fake thing I've ever seen in my life in terms of brand. I went to the Middle East, straight up Palestine, the Holy Land. Wanted myself a cup of coffee, started working, walking toward a Starbucks. Was about to walk in the door when I did a double take at the sign. I was like, is that allowed? I'm like, we're from Israel! Hey! And I'm like, alright, cool. Yo, we, the world is full of fake. We don't even have to fake brands, we don't have to fake products. How many of you fake little things like, hey, Robbie? Did you do your homework? And you show up to class like, yeah, Romeo, crazy, huh? Juliet, lover, right? How many of you ever try to fake your way through a book discussion? Yeah. You were so lazy, you didn't even read the spark notes online. We fake all sorts of little things, right? We fake our experiences. Right? <laughs> my boy, my buddy, my buddy John, he's like, yeah, I got two tours. COD2, <laughs> you know, and he's like, all right, faking your experiences. You know what I really hate? You know what gets my goat? Speaking of faking your experiences, you know what gets my goat? Gets my lamb, too, we'll get there. You know what gets my goat is when people, I can't even get up talking about, when these little boys get their mom's credit card, 
and jump on Fortnite and buy all of these skins as if they got experience and you know that they just bought all those skins, right? Instead of people like me who work hard and earn their skins. Anybody ever say faker? Faker. Audacity. <laughs> Maybe this is a good time, a good time for some group confession. Um, sometimes we fake our hobbies <laughs> as it means to fit in. This may be a good time to tell you guys. I know, I know you, you thought that I toggled the knobs. I know that you have always respected my, my game, hashtag gamers, don't lie. But um, I actually am not a gamer. I know I've been putting this picture on social media for a long time, but confession, this is not me. I'm a faker. I don't game. I actually had to text Skylar Goff and Ethan Adams to make sure that the illustration I just used was correct. I, I admit I'm a fake gamer. I don't toggle the knobs, I don't hit the switches, and I don't V-Buck. I don't know. Everyone say faker. I accept that. I accept that. Sometimes we fake our personality. Sometimes we fake the kind of person we are, whether it's to fit in or whether or not we're legitimately confused or maybe we're just teenagers, who knows. But sometimes you meet a person and you just can't help but cringe at how fake they are. <laughs> you know? Oh, you can boo. Okay. Catch me outside. How about that? Right? And everybody said, Faker! That girl is from like East Kansas, living in the burbs. With like an in-ground pool. She's talking like she's from Compton. Right? Cash me outside because we're going to get a tan. Like, what? Everybody say faker. See, the world is full of fakers. By definition, a faker is, is pretending to be one thing, but actually being another. Pretending, putting on the appearance of, I am one thing, but in reality, you're another. And so the world is full of fakers. But fortunately, we can come into this building, we can come into the church, we can gather here where we are free of fakers, right? You see, friends, what we're going to learn tonight is that not only is the world full of fakers, but there are even fakers among the people of God. There are even people who claim God as their father, but what Jesus is going to tell you tonight is that he points them and he says, faker. And so here's what we need to see tonight. Tonight we need to see, as we continue in our series, we need to hear Jesus' warning because there are fakers even in the church. And they're not faking to fit in. They're not faking their interests and their hobbies. They are faking their faith. And Jesus has a message for you tonight, students. Jesus has a message for you tonight. Those of you who are going to graduate high school and go away to universities. Maybe you'll go away to a Christian university. Maybe you're going to go and try to find a nice church. His message for you is beware Beware of what he says. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Let's read that one more time. Everyone say, beware. Beware, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Jesus makes it clear. He gives the warning. Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. That's his warning. 
Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. We see here that Jesus refers to his people as sheep. Everybody say, bah. Sub, bah. Right? This is a common metaphor. In the Bible, God refers to his people as sheep and he is our shepherd. Check it out. The Lord is my I shall not walk. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And so often God's family are viewed as these little sheepies. And he is their shepherd. And he looks over them. And he cares for them. And he leads us. And he provides for us. And he leads us by still waters. And when we're dumb, he goes, bad sheep. And he disciplines us. And so we are the sheep. God is our shepherd. And our shepherd has a warning for us. Your shepherd says to you, as he's taking care of you, he says, there are people who look like sheep, but they are actually the very thing that destroy sheep. They are wolves. They are wolves. Now here's where we get to the point where like, it's Jesus, it's like hashtag Jesus joke time, right? Because everybody pictures Jesus talking in the Beatitudes like, I'm on a mount, and thou, 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 and I'm like, I feel like Jesus has people like rolling. You know what I mean? I've said that to you before. And so here's where Jesus gets hilarious, because he doesn't simply say there are wolves who look like sheep. He doesn't even say there are wolves who who speak like. He says there are wolves in sheep's clothing. So the picture is, it's hilarious. The picture is you got a wolf who literally purchased. Sheep clothing, right? Like a wolf was like, how can I infiltrate this fold? I got an idea. I'm going to go on over to the sheep H&M, and I'm going to get me some dripping swag, right? And so the wolf, literally in an attempt to blend in, And they're like, what's your name? He's like, <coughs> Stuart. Uh, you know, they're like, this guy's kind of awkward. But, you know, it's always awkward to be to a new fold. And so, you know, this wolf, he's just like playing sheep games. He's like, he's like playing sheep night. He's like, he participates in like the annual count, like the nightly count. You know, he's like, are you tired? Count me. You know, he's just like, he's like doing cute sheep stuff. You know what I mean? And so here's the danger, though. The danger is that you have this wolf, and he is blending in so much so that the sheep have no idea that he's a wolf. The sheep are lulled into a false sense of security, and the sheep are just chilling in the fold, right? And one day, they're like, hey, Stuart, want to play a game? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're like, hey, 
um, let's play tag. You know what I mean? And they're like, ha ha, tag, you're in. And they start running away, and the wolf's instincts are like, Wah! and the wolf just takes him and like destroys him and rips apart the sheep, sucking his guts, licking his paws, and running away. Like, I know, that got heavy, right? But that's what wolves do! They are ravenous wolves! And so this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, beware. Do not be lulled into a false sense of security. Do not fall for the H&M poncho. He's saying that if you don't see it, if you fail to see the threat, you will fall prey. Beware. And so here's what's crazy, right? Like... It's one thing to call someone a wolf. It's another thing to do what Jesus is doing and to say it in the presence of the wolves. Who is the entire sermon being preached in front of? The religious leaders, remember? So the religious leaders are over here going like, <laughs> you know, like they're just trying to blend in. They're like, yes, Lord, huh? Hmm. You know, it's like, I, just, I don't know if they're plucking wool or something, right? And Jesus is like, hey guys, Beware of wolves in sheep clothing. And they're all like, oh, did he find us out? You know, like, Shots fired. Jesus, we get it. He's talking about them right in front of them. Which the point is, even in the fold, even in the congregation of people who call themselves children of God, he's saying, beware of those who are actually not helping you. They're harming you. Beware of those who even despite their title, even despite their role and their mantle, they're actually devouring your soul. He's saying this right in their presence. Beware of the wolves, right in front of the wolves. Now let's extrapolate the metaphor a little bit, okay? What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? What is the potential hazard of you being a sheep hanging out with those who are wolves in sheep's clothing. You know what I didn't figure out, Samantha, is at what point did I take this off? I, I, didn't, I didn't put that in my notes. I'm getting real hot right now, right? What's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is this. If you are a sheep and you are chilling with wolves, they will lead your heart away from God. Wolves destroy you. You see, if I have like a brother sheep, what's up, Caleb, right? Like if I have my brother sheep, or if I have, yes, I'll say it, a sister sheep, my sister sheep, my brother sheep, they, I know it's not cool anymore to say sister because that guy is a loser now. I know. I'm just saying, I'm not on this team anymore. He hurt me deep, all right? Faker. I know. All right, so brother sheep and sister sheep, they push me closer to God. Brother sheep and sister sheep, they lead me to be near to him. They encourage me to spend time with God. They lead me to maturity and to growth. That's brother and sister sheep. But wolves, you know what's the worst that can happen? Wolves, they keep us back. Wolves want to become our gods. Wolves don't care if you stay immature. As long as they get what they want from this relationship. Wolves make it hard to get to God. They're not drawing you to Him. They're actually destroying your soul by leading you away. And so citizens, sheep, as your pastor and under-shepherd, listen to me. Do not be naive. Jesus is calling you to be discerning and to remember that not everything that baas and not everything that bleats is a believer. 
Not everyone who's wearing the jersey follows Jesus. Citizen sheep, don't be naive. Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. And so the obvious question is this, how can you tell? How do you know the difference between a wolf and a sheep? How can you spot the difference between the real thing and fakers? Well, Jesus continues. Look what he says. The difference between a sheep and a wolf. Verse 16. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. You guys want to tell the difference? Do you guys want to be able to spot the real thing from the fake? The faker's fruit is a dead giveaway. The faker's fruit is a dead Giveaway. If you want to know who someone really is under the poncho, if you want to know who someone is under the clothes and under the mask, look at the fruit. He says it here. You will recognize them by their fruits. So what is a fruit? This is what I mean by fruit, okay? Fruit is the evidence of something or someone's true condition. Look at the fruit. Look at the results of who they are. Look at the evidence of who they are. And so Jesus, he continues. He switches the metaphor here from talking about sheep. And now he says, why don't we do this? Why don't we look at trees? Imagine you're in the forest. And you're like, Jesus, I can't tell the difference between a healthy tree and a dead tree. I can't tell the difference between... A godly tree and a non-godly tree, right? They both look the same. They both have brown bark. They both have green leaves. They both hurt me when I kick them. They're both big and have root. I mean, they're trees. How do you tell the difference between trees? And Jesus says here, if you want to tell the difference between a healthy tree and a diseased tree, look at the fruit. Everyone say it with me. Look at the fruit. That apple is gorgeous. It is healthy. That is evidence. That is the result of life and health. But if you see mottled, diseased fruit, that's evidence of death. So this is what we do, friends. We look at the fruit. And that's why in your life, when you have that relationship, that's why in your life when you have that friendship. That's why in your life when you look at that group of people and you ask yourself, Hey, Jesus, I'm looking for good fruit. How come there are no grapes? Jesus, I don't see any grapes. You told me to look for fruit. Where are the grapes? You're not going to find them because she's a thorn bush. And are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? Jesus, I'm looking at this. Where are the figs? How come there are no fruitful figs? And he's looking and he goes, daughter, because he's a thistle. He's a thorn. And are figs gathered from thistles? No. Fake believers 
aren't producing fruit. Fake believers, they don't produce fruit. So you can dress up, you can bam, you can play sheep games, you can go to sheep camps, you can memorize script, sheep scripture. You can, you can read sheep books and hang out in sheep circles. You can join sheep Snapchats and sheep group messages. You can do lots of sheepy things. But you can't fake fruit. You can keep up appearances, but you can't fake results. And so Jesus is saying, if you want to tell the difference between the real thing and the fake, look at the fruit. And here's what I mean by that, students. This is what we talk about here all the time as citizens. Those of you who are alive in Christ, those of you who have surrendered your life to God and put your faith in Him, He's put your Holy, His Holy Spirit inside of you. He's made your heart alive. He's given you a new heart and new desires and new values and new purpose. And, and, and you see evidence of that. And don't get me wrong, if you're a believer... You still have a lot of growing up to do. You still sin. You still struggle. But you will see some fruit. But if you're not a true believer, you know what it's like to fake it. You know what it's like to pretend like you value it. Yeah, I love God's Word. Oh, yeah, man. God's Word is so good. Let's go to group, cheap group Bible study, right? And you're just like, after a while, you're like, I can't. I don't even want. I don't even know what my Bible is. You can fake appearances for only so long. You cannot fake fruit. Eventually, their fruit, eventually the result of a faker's life will expose them. And you know what else? Eventually, this would be a good time to take off the shirt. Eventually, God will expose them. I'm going to give you an illustration here. I want you to imagine that you are a forest inspector. Yes, that exists. I have no idea. You're a forest inspector, and your job is to go through the forest and inspect the trees. You are the final judge to decide, dead or alive. Now, until that dude will start strolling through the forest, what's his name? He looks like, a, looks like an owl, doesn't he? Yeah. It kind of looks like an owl. So until Al grabs his pen and his clipboard and starts strolling through the woods, how many of you know that the dead trees can blend in? They're like... Right? The dead trees are camouflaging their children. Like, I'm not dead. I'm alive. Right? And everybody's like, no, you're dead. But I can't do anything. I'm a tree. But wait till Al comes. Ha ha. Right? And they're just blending in. But when he shows up, they're going to be exposed. When he shows up and he has the final say, dead or alive, he's going to look at their fruit and he's going to expose them and he's going to treat them accordingly. And the trees that are alive, he's going to prune them and take care of them so they can continue to grow. But the trees that are dead, well, he's going to cut them down and throw them into the fire. In the same way, there are a lot of dead trees in the congregation. In the same way, there are a lot of fakers who can blend in the congregation of God's people. But on that day, not when Al, but when Jesus is the inspector and he gets the final word, he's going to come and he's going to look at every single human being who will stand before him and he will say, dead or alive. And those that he looks at and says alive, they will spend eternity with him. And those who are dead, they're going to spend eternity apart from him. 
looked at this verse and he says, cut down and thrown into the fire. And we all kind of have a nervous laugh. Like, <laughs> uh, are we still talking about the metaphor with the trees? Or did you switch the metaphor and you're talking about human beings? And I'm not sure. But I think his point is maybe even intentionally ambiguous. Because the point is this. If you are a wolf and you are dangerous to the sheep, it will not go well for you when you stand before the shepherd. If you are a wolf, don't look forward to judgment day when you stand before the shepherd who cares for and protects the sheep. I knew a dude once. Um, <clears throat> he was a student here many, many years ago when I first started in ministry. And to say the least, this was a little kid who had my shepherd senses tingling. Let's just put it that way. As a shepherd, I just got the sense of like, huh, his teeth are sharper than the rest of the sheep. His hooves and paws, because he had both, I guess. Huh, they just, I don't know what it is. Kids are awkward. I'm only like 21, so maybe it's just whatever. But you know what? My, my shepherd senses were tingling for a reason. Because this dude, and he was charismatic. Everybody loved me. He'd hang out with people. And I'm just like, huh. I, don't, I can't tell if he's a wolf or a sheep. I can't tell if he's for real or if he's faking. So you know what I did? How do you tell the difference between a fake and a for real? You look at the fruit. So I looked at his fruit. <laughs> And I go, let me look around here. What, what fruit, what is the result of the relationships that he's in? And I look around, and sure enough, every single person who was drawn to him and became his friend, they didn't come to church anymore. They didn't come to youth group anymore. They were no longer hungry for the things of God. All of the girls that eventually became his girlfriend, and yes, I said all of the girls who were becoming his girlfriends, they weren't growing spiritually. They were going backward. And I realized, oh, of course, that's why my shepherd's senses are tingling. Because we have a wolf. He is blending in in the midst of the sheep, but he's actually dangerous to them. He's actually drawing them away from the Lord and devouring them. It wouldn't even be for a couple years later until more and more stories came out where young ladies and young dudes were going, hey, man, actually, here's what was going on back in that day. He was a faker. Citizens youth, beware. Don't be naive. Even people who are dressed up like I'm dressed up right now. Metaphorically speaking. Are people who can be praying on God's people. Not praying for God's people. Praying on God's people. And the results are unavoidable. You cannot fake fruit. They were being devoured by wolves in sheep's clothing. And so how does that story impact you guys? Examine your relationships. Examine your friendships. Look at your circles. What is the fruit? Is there evidence of you growing? Are you drawing closer to the Lord? Are you encouraging other people? Is there good fruit? It's alive. Is the result bad fruit? Where? Because you may have a wolf on your hands. Because the faker's fruit is always a dead giveaway. And so here's where we need to end. What kind of fruit should we be looking for? Sam, do I have bad fruit or am I just immature? Sam, am I a wolf or am I just not growing? What kind of fruit am I talking about? Well, I haven't memorized all the books of the Bible yet. Is that not fruit? I, mean, I, still, I still say bad words every once in a while. Is that not fruit? 
I still, man, I still don't read my Bible every day. Is that what kind of fruit are we talking about? I think Jesus makes it super clear here when he's talking about the evidence of a true sheep that a faker doesn't have. And I'll just be straight up with you. The fruit that you're faking of, it may not be what Jesus is talking about. All right, let's take a look. Final passage. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, depart from me, I never knew you workers of lawlessness. What Jesus is saying here very clearly is that this is the fruit he's talking about. Fruit is obedience, not busyness. Now Jesus is holding no punches. Jesus is saying that on that day, when we're standing before the tree inspector, on that day, we're going to see people standing before the Lord and he's going to say, I never knew you. He's going to point to them and say, Faker! And we're all going to go, Then? What? Her? What? She was the most spiritual kid in youth group. She was a student leader. She did so much. She served every day. She was in the building four times a week. She was, she was passing out water cups in Portland to the poor people. She did so much. We're going to go, Her? like, yeah, because that's not the kind of fruit I'm talking about. We're going to see people on that day who, look what they do. They, they're going to they're gonna be able to speak to speak. They're going to go, Lord, Lord, I didn't even know your name in Greek and Hebrew. Lord! Look, look what else we did. We spoke. We prophesied in your name. We told people about Jesus. Surely that's enough. Surely that's for, I mean, Lord, look what we did. We even cast out demons in your name. We did many mighty works in your name. And he says, why don't you stop using my name and why don't you start obeying my Father? Because the fruit that I'm talking about is not busyness. It's obedience. It's not those who do a lot in the name of God. Those people are fakers. Their trees are actually dead. Because a true believer is the one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. Fruit is obedience, not busyness. Obey what? Why don't you go back and listen to Tale of Two Kingdoms, part one, part two, and part three, right? Jesus is sitting here giving us instructions. He's talking to us about how to give to the needy. He's talking to us about how to pray. He's talking about how to handle our money, divorce, lust, swearing, retaliation, anger, the Beatitudes, salt and light. He's giving us the instructions, which is God's will. He says, are you a true believer? Obey me. That is the fruit that Jesus looks for. Because true believers who have surrendered their life to God, the Holy Spirit comes in and changes them. And there will be evidence. Those are the ones who are alive, who obey Him. They are God's children who truly love Him. These are the people who obey God no matter how hard it is, no matter how much their own desires are calling to them. 
These are the ones who will be welcomed home as children on that day. The faker's fruit is a dead giveaway. But fruit is obedience, not busyness. And so here's where we go from here. I preach a message like this, and you guys know what you do? You go, you take out your phones, and go, oh, who's the faker? I think, hey, Sarah, I think right behind you is a faker. You know, we start, we start looking around the room. Who's the fake? Dead or alive? For real or fake? And we start doing all these things across the room. And I think the best application for us is not to look across the room, but to look in the mirror. And the question is not who's fake. The question is not who's dead or alive. The question is this for you guys. Are you for real or faking? Are you for real? Are you faking it? Students, are you faking it or have you actually put your faith in Jesus? You need to ask yourself that. Have you genuinely begun a personal relationship with God? Has the Spirit of God actually moved into your heart and regenerated you? Meaning, make your heart alive. I, my, my youth pastor used to say when I was a kid, it's corny, but it can't be any worse than this. But the saying was, just because you go into a car doesn't make you a garage. Just because you go into a McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Just because you go into a church doesn't make you a Christian. So the question for you, I love that you're here. Anybody and everybody is welcome to come every Wednesday and every Sunday. Come and hear the gospel. Come and let's be real. Come and let's do life. But there comes a point where you need to look in the mirror and ask yourself, are you for real or are you faking? Have you honestly put your faith in Jesus or are you still part of the crowd just watching everybody else commune with God, their creator? Have you experienced what it's like to, to, to know God's love and grace and forgiveness and compassion and to be brought into the family of God, to be brought into the fold of God, to be called a son and daughter of God, to have the Holy Spirit inside of you cry out and say, God, Father, I'm yours. To heal your wounds, to cover your shame, to fill the holes. Are you for real? Are you faking it? Maybe you're playing sheep games, coming to sheep group, going to sheep camps. If that's you, talk to someone. We've all been there. You need to hear me. You need to hear me on this. I was not born a sheep. You were not born a sheep. We were all born wolves. But there comes a point where God arrests you and he wakes you up, whether it's through a person or through a sermon, whatever it is. And he just grabs you and he wakes you up and you realize your true state. You go, I'm a wolf! And you cry out to God in humility and in honesty. You say, Jesus, save me. And he brings you to the fold. Are you dead or are you alive? Are you for real or are you faking? And why don't you come on up with your team? Because here's how we're going to respond to it. You need to ask yourself, are you for real or are you faking? And so first group of people in here, if you say, you know what, Sam, I love this. Thank you. I love the word. I, I'm alive. I, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm definitely not perfect. I'm immature. But like I'm growing. I believe that God has made me alive. Then here's my message to you. Don't be naive. 
Hear the warning of your shepherd. Be discerning in your relationships. And keep obeying Jesus. Because that's what sheep do. But if you're in here and you're dead, cry out to God. Come to a point in your life where you stop caring what every other person around you thinks. Stop caring about the experience, about the expectations. Stop caring about the perception. Be real. Be honest. Come clean. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. And when you admit who you are before God, you will experience the grace and the compassion of a forgiving Savior. You say, God, I'm a wolf. And he goes, I know. And I love you so much that I came to save you from yourself, to save you from your sin. And I will change you. And I will give you a new heart. And you don't have to walk around thanking it anymore because you'll be mine. Students, are you for real? Are you thinking? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you that Jesus holds no punches or that he speaks to us truth, even hard truth, because he loves us. I still pray. Keep your eyes closed, please. Bow your heads here. As I continue to pray, if you're here and you say, Sam, would you include me in that prayer? I feel like I may. Nay, I am a faker. Pray for me, Sam, please. If you're here with every eye closed, just wave at me so I can pray for you. Just say, Sam, yep, that's good. I'll pray for you. Good. Anyone else? Absolutely. I'm going to pray for you. Who else? Yep, I'll pray. Absolutely, yeah. Yep, I'm praying for you, brother. Pray for you, sister. Yeah. Keep your eyes closed, please. Yes, I'll pray for you. Absolutely. Who else? Anyone else? Yep. All right, good. Let's pray. Lord, I pray. Pray for my brothers and sisters here, God. I pray for these, these little brothers and sisters who are looking at themselves in the mirror of your word. And they're saying, I'm a faker. Father, I pray that you would save them. Lord, I pray that they would learn the gospel, that they don't have to perform so that they can be accepted, but they would learn that by faith that they are accepted and brought into the family and that you will transform them and change them, Lord. Lord, would you save people? We are here because you are in the business of turning wolves into sheep, of orphans into sons and daughters, of sinners into saints. Lord, save them. Even tonight, Lord, as they put their faith into you, as, as they cry out to you, save them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, we're going to respond here for a few moments. And the first way we're going to respond, I'm going to have you find a partner. Two, not groups of three, not groups of four, not groups of 18. Just find one other person. One other person that's maybe sitting next to you. Maybe you're not comfortable talking to, to another student. Go and talk to one of our leaders. All right, leaders, you can even stand up and, and be in the back if students need you. And I want you to share this question. I want you to answer this question. What is one thing that this sermon has you thinking about? Just share where you're at. Take five minutes. Tell one person one thing that you're left thinking about from this sermon. And then I want you to pray for each other. And then we're going to sing. All right? So right now, turn. Turn. Stand. Walk. Whatever you need to do. Let's just talk. Let's just talk.